Hello, and welcome to Cathedra, the podcast for creatives, storytellers, worshipers, and artists in the body of Christ. I'm your host, Leland Mooring, and today's episode is titled Yahweh. The oldest name we have for God in biblical history is the name Yahweh. The original spelling of this name was Y-H-W-H. The reason for this was to mimic the sound of breathing, that with every inhale and exhale, we are declaring the most ancient name of God into the earth, that just as we are without oxygen, not living, but slowly dying, so without the breath of the Spirit of God alive in our hearts, we are not spiritually alive, but slowly withering. In this episode, we will remind ourselves together as God's creatives that we are only branches and our created purpose is to abide in the vine, to breathe in the presence of Jesus and to breathe out his praise. I'm so excited to have you with me today. Let's get into it. Well, hello, and welcome to Cathedra. This is the podcast for creatives, storytellers, worshipers, and artists in the body of Christ today. My name is Leland Mooring, and I am so honored that you would join me. I'm so expectant about today's conversation. Thank you uh, for taking time out of your busy day to partner with me in this conversation, whether this is your first time experiencing the podcast Cathedra or you have been here since episode one. (laughs) We only have a few episodes out. We just started this. Just as a recap or a reason why, the name Cathedra means seat. It's where we get the the original root word for the the word cathedral. Um, Cathedra is the root word for cathedral. And The reason for that, the title of this podcast, is that God would be seated again on and enthroned on the hearts of his creatives, on the hearts of his storytellers, his worshipers, and his artists in his kingdom. That there is a lordship of Christ that needs to take place in our hearts as God's creatives, and that every good, perfect thing that we love, including creativity, including every artistic gifting, whether that's visual art or uh, or you know, music, sound, whatever artistic calling you have on your life, it finds its original source in the mind of God. And so we've touched on this in a few of the episodes. I think in Still Mighty, we talked about the divine purposes for art in the episode Ark. We talked about the, the refuge that we find in the process of co-laboring and collaborating with God and the family of God. And in our last episode, Heart and Flesh, we talked specifically about the posture to inhabit, that we are the posture that we're called to indwell or the posture that we are called to walk in when we step into atmospheres of co-laboring and collaboration with other brothers and sisters in the family of God who also have this creative calling in their life. And I want to encourage you, if you haven't listened to those episodes, go back and check them out. I really hope this first season just lays the groundwork for where we're going to go with with this podcast, Cathedra. There is so much kingdom language in the Word of God and in in the minds and hearts of God's children, meaning um, there there are two places that I really... Let me, let me say there's probably three. There's three places that I can find revelation, wisdom, greater understanding about the kingdom's culture concerning these things that we love, creativity, artistry, worship. 
And the three places that I've found them over and over and over again in my own creative walk with God, one is the Word of God, obviously. This Bible that we have, we talked about it, I think, in our our first episode, it's not just a good book, and it's not just a book written by humans, but it is a sovereign, supernatural book. It's not like any other book on planet Earth. I really do believe the Bible is the inspired Word of God that when the writers uh, uh, sat down to write each story in the Bible, each account, testimonial account, from the New Testament to the Old Testament, that it was sovereignly inspired by the Spirit of the living God, that the Spirit of God searches out the mind of God. And that same Spirit touched the minds of men who put pen to paper, put ink to paper, and begin to write. And so it is a human effort, but it's also a supernatural God effort. It's it's both intertwined in Scripture. And so I do believe it is divine. The Word of God is divine. And the Lord wants to speak to me by His Spirit and through His Word. So that's the first place I find revelation and understanding and wisdom and counsel is is in the written Word of God with the witness of the person of the Holy Spirit speaking to me and writing the Word of God on the tablet of my heart. We talked about it in previous episodes that the culture of the kingdom of God is the mind of Christ and that the Spirit of God searches out the mind of God and that the Spirit of God wants to reveal to us the mind of Christ. That because Jesus is the King, well, the King dictates the culture. And um, Jesus is the King of Kings. He's the King of of the kingdom of heaven, and you and I have become citizens of that kingdom. We're ambassadors of heaven everywhere we go. We are called to inhabit the culture of our king. I'm so pumped because I feel like um, in today's conversation, we're going to talk about one of my favorite names of God in the Bible. The Bible is is full of, well, let me, let me get to those other two. <laughs> I realize now I just skipped over. I said there was three places that I find wisdom and counsel and understanding. So the first is the Word of God and the Spirit of God together. The second uh, the second place I find this, this understanding about the culture of heaven concerning creativity and artistry and worship, I find that in, in men and women of God who have gone before me, meaning these, these are my, um, my elders, these are my mentors, these are people that have lived longer than I have. They have had... Uh, more success than I have. They've had more failures than I have. They've had more lived and learned experience in the kingdom of God, in this rhythm of creativity and artistry, and balancing uh, a lifestyle that is that one, carries the character of Christ, but also holds success loosely that they've navigated through seasons of change and and transformation going from one type of creative rhythm to another type of creative creative rhythm all while holding their secret history with God alive with the Lord and keeping that furnace um lit and fed um so I've I've had countless conversations with men and women of God who are twice my age who've lived longer than I have and I value those those conversations. To be honest, I'm 34 now, and anytime I get into a room with someone that I know is seasoned in the Lord and seasoned also in these things that I that I also have a passion for, creativity, for artistry, for storytelling, for worship, 
I really try to assume the posture of a child as much as I can. (laughs) And I try to just, as it were, in a sense, sit at their feet and just ask them questions. And at the end, as much as I can, I just listen to them talk and try my best to, to hear their story and try to hear what they're saying and also the spirit of what they're saying. And I found so much life in that. I found so much, so much edification and hope and inspiration in those kinds of conversations. The other place, the third place that I find wisdom, counsel, edification, and understanding about the culture of heaven concerning creativity is with my peers in atmospheres of collaboration. And we talked about it in our last episode, Heart and Flesh, about the importance of developing a creative history, not only with Jesus alone and in secret, but also with another in the body of Christ. That God is in and of himself a family, Father, Son, and Spirit. He said in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27, when he went to create you and I, he said, let us, talking to himself, he said, let us make man in our image. So God is a family, but he's also one. It's the mystery of the Trinity. So if God's nature is family, and we're made for his image, we're made for his nature, well, that just means that you and I cannot operate in isolation. That even alone with Jesus in my prayer closet, I'm still, there is still a fullness of God's calling, creative calling in my life, that he has laid treasures, that he has laid in the context of family, of his children, that he has, he has placed treasure in his sons and daughters. And every time I get in the room, not only with men and women who've gone before me, uh, my mentors, my elders, but when I also sit in a room with my peers, someone who's of my age, who's in my generation, that also has a creative calling in their life. For me, uh, the last 13 years, that has been my best friend, Casey. Casey Moore, he's the other half of the band Leland. And him and I have just developed a really strong friendship, a friendship uh, in worship to Jesus, a friendship in prayer, but also a friendship of creativity and collaboration. And every time I'm alone with Casey and we get into that atmosphere of creating together, he reveals to me new sides of the face of God. He reveals to me new things about the culture of heaven concerning creativity. There are things that God is depositing in Casey that I need as God's son. I need from my brother in the Lord. And so I want to encourage you to go back and listen to that episode. Hopefully it'll inspire you to find someone in your world that also has that creative calling in their life. Today I want to talk about this name Yahweh. The Bible's filled with many names that describe, beautiful names that describe the character of our God. They describe his nature concerning us as his his children. And... You know, there's Jehovah Rapha, our healer, Jehovah Nisi, our banner, Jehovah Jireh, our provider, Emmanuel, God with us, the ancient of days. But my favorite name in the Bible is also the oldest biblical name we have for God in biblical history, and that is the name Yahweh. The first mention of this name we find in Exodus chapter 3. I believe it's verse verses like 13 through 15. It's the story of Moses. And this is where Moses is, is, 
is speaking with God and he's saying, you know, okay, you want me to go before Pharaoh? You want me to, to you know, preach to Pharaoh and warn Pharaoh that if he doesn't let your people go, that you're going to bring all sorts of judgment on him? Okay, great, but who do I tell him that sent me? You know, uh, um, I'm out here in the desert. I'm going to go back to the king's palace again. They want to kill me. You know, who do I tell him that's sending me? And God tells him, he says, tell him, tell him that I am has sent you. And another translation for the name I am is this name Yahweh. Another, uh, a great translation of, so one of the translations of, because of that, that means that one of the translations of the name Yahweh is I am. But another translation of the name Yahweh is this, he brings into existence whatever exists. I I love that name. I love that. Now, the Bible says in, in John chapter 1, it says it sort of in another way. In him was everything made that was made. Everything that was made was made through him and in him and by him and for him. So he brings into existence whatever exists. It says in, in Genesis uh, 1 uh, verses 25, 26, 27, when God created us, that he, after forming us out of the dirt it's this Yahweh name. <laughs> he breathed his breath into our bodies. And we be- man became a living spirit, a living soul. We, it was his breath that completed the work of making us into his image. And the original spelling of this name Yahweh was actually Y-H-W-H. You know, in the English language, we added the, the A and the E. Um, but the original spelling was Y-H-W-H, and the reason for that was to mimic the sound of breathing. That Y-H is the inhale, yeah. W-H being the exhale, wah. So this blows my mind. When you really think about it, the oldest name we have for God in human history is breathing. I mean, that, that's just amazing. God has even pre-wired us. He's he's creatively pre-wired us physically and biologically that in order for us to keep existing, biologically and physically, we have to keep declaring his name. (laughs) In order for me to keep walking around all day, I have to keep speaking his name. It's his name that keeps me alive, that keeps me held together, that keeps my heart beating. It's the name of God. So every day, every moment, every second, every minute, the believer, the agnostic, the cynic, the enemy of God, the lover of God, the one who hates God, all together in unison, all of humanity is breathing out and declaring the name of God, whether they are aware of it or not. Every breath you and I breathe is a prophecy that the same God who put breath in our lungs is also the one who has the ability to breathe into our spirit, to breathe into our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions, uh, 
and restore the joy of our salvation. There's a scripture that says that God can take out the heart of stone. I believe it's in Deuteronomy. He could take out the heart of stone and put into us a soft and sensitive heart again, that he can breathe the, the life of his spirit into us and create in us a new heart that loves his ways, that loves his commandments. You know, God only commands us things that come from his nature. His commandments come from his ways. His ways comes from his mind, which is his nature. God is commanding you and I to, to live by walking in his ways. But the only way I can walk in God's ways as his creative, as his son, is to breathe in his spirit. Jesus said it this way. He said, you are a branch and I'm the vine. It, I, don't, I don't know about you, but when I think about that passage, and I think it's in John 14 or 15, when Jesus said that, it's so comforting to me as a creative to remind myself that I was never created to be a source or a vine. I was never created to be that. I was only ever created to be a branch. That Jesus is the source of every good and perfect thing that my heart enjoys. He is the source of it all. It all comes from his heart, from his mind. Every good thing, every perfect thing, every true thing comes from him. He's the vine. And my only job, my only created purpose is to intentionally root myself to the vine, to yield myself to the vine, to say, Jesus, every morning, Jesus, you are the source. You're the well. You're the vine. You're the foundation. Without you, I have nothing. Without you, I have nothing. Every good and perfect thing I have comes from you. And so this name Yahweh, one of my favorite stories that I believe reveals to us this name, it sort of expounds upon and gives us a really good picture of this name. Well, there, one is the story of Jesus resurrecting Lazarus. And as Lazarus come, before, before he, he, he calls Lazarus out of the tomb, one of the, some of the bystanders were standing by and they said, yes, Jesus, we know, you know, we believe that, that on that final day, you know, God will resurrect the living and the dead on that final day. And Jesus responds and says, I am, I am the resurrection and the life. And he, he calls Lazarus out and the spirit of God breathes life into Lazarus lungs and into his spirit and into his soul. And Lazarus rises up again and comes out of that tomb. That's a great story as well that talks, that's, that's Yahweh, that's the name. But one of my favorites is the story of Ezekiel. And if you have your Bible with you, you can go there with me. If you're driving, obviously, do not do that. <laughs> um, but later, I want to encourage you, go take a look at it. I'm going to pull up the, the reference. I want to make sure I'm getting this, this right. In Ezekiel chapter 37, this is... Um, one of my favorite stories that reveals to us a picture of this name Yahweh. I'll read it to you now. Um, for before warned, I'm reading in King James. I don't know why, but recently I've been really enjoying reading old King James. 
maybe it's the creative in me, maybe it's the writer in me. You know, there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of literary giants alive today and in human history that would say, and this is believer and non-believer, that would say the Bible is one of the greatest literary works, the greatest literary work in the English language. And I believe it, especially when I read in King James. So you don't have to read in King James, but here we go. Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel said this, the hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones and caused me to pass them round about. And behold, there were many in the open valley and lo, they were very dry. Verse three. And he said unto me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Verse 4. Again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Verse 5. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And verse 6. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. Verse 7, so I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld Lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Verse 9, Then he said unto me, Prophesy into the wind. Then he said unto me, Prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded, and breath came into them, and they lived, and stood upon their feet, and stood up upon their feet, an exceeding great army. It continues on, but there's so much in that. From verse 1 to verse 10 of Ezekiel 37. Man, that passage of scripture just inspires me so much. And I feel like the Spirit of God is saying to us today as His, His creative sons and daughters, that there are valleys in our hearts filled filled with dead dreams you know an army that army that was lying in that field those dry bones represented something that was originally 
that came from God. And somewhere along the way, it had decayed. Somewhere along the way, it had been slain and defeated by its enemy. And at a point when it was most dry, when it seemed like that that army was most useless, that's the moment when God chooses to send his servant. You know, every every great patriarch in, in the Old Testament is really just a type and shadow of Christ. Ezekiel, to me, in the story represents Jesus, filled with the Spirit. The Bible says in one of the Gospels that when Jesus sent out his, his 12, it says that he breathed upon them, and he said, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And they went out in twos, in groups, in sets of twos into each town, and healed the sick, and casted out demons, and preached the kingdom of God, the coming of the kingdom of God. So Ezekiel, to me, in this story represents Jesus. Jesus is standing at the valley of your dry and dead dreams. And those dreams that he placed in your heart as his creative son and daughter did not come from your mind, but they came from his. They have their source in the mind of God. And whatever God speaks, it will happen. God has deposited into you dreams, creative dreams, artistic dreams, storytelling dreams that maybe our enemy, the enemy of our soul that permeates the spirit of the age, that fills this life, this life is polluted with sin and death and suffering and pain. And maybe the enemy of our soul, through the the rhythms and the beating and the storms of life, has slain those, those dreams, has slain that potential that lies in your heart. It used to be something that was alive and ready, with, that it used to be something that was filled with life, filled with breath. And now it feels like in your heart that it's lying dead in a dry valley, and it has been for a long time. Jesus, the one who prophesies over the dry bones, is prophesying to you today, wherever you are, that it's not over. And that if you would, if you would yield to him again, if you would ask him to step into that valley, the father of lights, the father of every good, perfect, and true thing that we love, the, the one who gave you that dream that hit by his spirit and through his word that he would breathe upon you, that he'd breathe life into you again, that he would be, breathe the life of his spirit, that whenever the breath of God comes, it brings hope for the future. Optimism, hope, and joy begin to rise again in your heart that God can restore the joy of your salvation. He can take out the heart of stone that's been beaten up by the pain and suffering of life, the heart that's been jaded by failure, the heart that's been jaded by rejection, 
the heart that's been beat up by trying to run a rat race that culture has set in front of you, the lie that culture has set in front of you as a creative, that the only way you can really succeed is by your amount of perceived influence upon culture, and that if you don't think you're making a massive influence upon culture, if, if you don't have a certain amount of followers, or if your single doesn't have a certain amount of spins on Spotify, or enough views on a particular video you posted, the enemy wants to get us in the surface level rat race of comparing ourselves, of perceived influence, when really that gifting God's given you is primarily a gifting to first commune back and forth with his mind. It's a language God's given you. It's not just a gift, but it's a language. And these dreams that God's placed into your heart to create, to co-labor, God is standing today at the entrance of that valley where all of those slain dreams where that slain potential lays. And he's asking you to let him breathe upon it. Because when the Spirit of the Lord breathes upon the dream that God pre-planted into your heart at the time that you were born, that when the Spirit of the Lord breathes upon it, it will be the Spirit of God that guides it. And when God resurrects it again, the next time you pick it up, you're going to walk within a completely different paradigm concerning that dream. That you'll no longer misuse it or misplace it, but you'll walk with it with trembling hands, filled with hope and optimism and joy. Because that dream now is something that you're doing. It's a journey God's inviting you on to go with Him for His glory. The dream becomes exciting The gift becomes exciting when you enjoy it with the giver. It's the giver who makes the gift amazing. Without him in my life, without me intentionally and actively setting my mind and heart on him every single day and enjoying life with him, without without me setting my heart upon him and saying, God, this gifting of music, this gifting of creativity you've given me, this gifting of artistry, really, at the end of the day, it comes from you. You're the source of it. And without you, the vine, the source of every good and perfect thing, all this becomes is just, it becomes empty. It becomes lifeless. It becomes dry and dead. But with the life of your spirit, alive on the inside of me, This dream you've given me just becomes an incredible opportunity to go on a journey with you, helping reconcile things on the earth back to you. That's the plan God set forth in Jesus for the fullness of time to reconcile all things back into himself. And I just pray that the Spirit of God would remind you and I again today that He is Yahweh. You and I are not the source of life. Yahweh is the source of life. And if you surrender to Him today, if you yield 
afresh and anew today. The Spirit of God will breathe life into that army of dry bones, will resurrect what was dead and defeated and slain, will raise it up, will clothe it with new armor, and will breathe His Spirit into it so that you can walk out, pick up that mantle again, and begin to walk out that journey with the giver of every good and perfect gift. I'm so thankful that you joined me today for this episode of Cathedra, and I just pray that you're blessed, ministered to, encouraged, and edified. Don't give up. Don't lose hope. Yield again to Yahweh and let Him breathe upon you today. I love you so much. Have an awesome day. I'll see you soon again at the next episode of Cathedra.